the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Now, before I get to the fiction, there is the indictment, the fraud. It written, it, it, and I understand this guy graduated Harvard. Looks like something a freshman at St. Joe's would turn out if he was in the special class way back in 1982. In the meantime, I love these indictments where they assume to know what someone else knew. These idiots who allow this criminal organization called our government to operate right under their nose. So we'll get to that. But did I ever tell you, Squirrel, about the uh, really horniculture and architectural mission I went on with a couple of other mercantile exchange monks to Cuba? Did I ever tell you in 2003 how I went to Cuba? It's a fascinating story. Now, I went to Cuba for a couple of reasons. Number one, I grew up, my best friend, his mother and father, who I call mom and dad, uh, Cubans. And I love the food. I love the people. And most of all, I love cigars. Love them. So when the opportunity for a charitable junket on a mission for horticulture and architecture came up in uh, uh, the Mercantile Exchange to go to Havana, Cuba, I jumped on it. 2003, I said, okay, we'll go. And we went. And back then... Cuba was on the dollar. This is the perfect time to go. And when you get off of the plane in Cuba, although it's magnificently beautiful, you sense a certain anxiety, for lack of a better word. And you get in a cab and you're driving through with this Cuban and we're talking about how much we love the food and the cigars, you know, the horticulture and whatnot. And um, the architecture. And there's a big building, big office building with a murderer scumbag mural on it. And it's Che Guevara, you know, the same Che Guevara that was in the Barack Obama campaign headquarters before he secured the White House back in 2008. And this big mural of this murdering piece of dung, may he burn in hell for a thousand millenniums. But back in 2003, Fidel Castro, the murderous communist scum, may he burn in hell for a thousand millenniums as well. He was still alive. And his side saddle brother, Raul, also still alive back then. And I say to the kid, look at this piece of garbage. I wish he was alive today. I'd have you take me to his house. I'd drag him out of there and kick his teeth down his throat. Oh, no, sir. Oh, no. That's a great man. That's a great man. Because he didn't know if he could speak the truth. He didn't know if I was an asset to the Communist Party, like Joe Biden and the Communist Chinese. He didn't know. And in Cuba and all these communist, fascist-controlled societies, you cannot disagree with the government. So that trip kind of cleared the lenses of that arrogance of liberty and freedom that Americans take for granted. The same principles we give away today to this feeble fascist crooked whore pretending to be the president today. The one who insists he got 18 million more votes, 16 million more votes than Barack, who likes big butts and he cannot lie. But I know what Joe Biden is. 
because I know what every Democrat is. You're a half-ass wannabe gangster who couldn't fight your way out of a wet paper bag. But you think you're tough because you have the infrastructure of policing power behind you. And I remember what this dimwit in diapers said in 2021. That G7 conversation was tied to your predecessor who is about to launch another campaign. So how do you reassure them if that is the reason for their questioning that the former president will not return, that his political movement, which is still very strong, uh, will not oh, yeah. again take power in the United States. <laughs> now, I want you to hear that. You hear this idiot laugh through those wooden dentures that are slapped into his head with a ball-peen hammer? Not the same ball-peen hammer that Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, stinks up. Another ball-peen hammer. You hear him laughing? Oh, yeah? Because they had just gotten away with the theft of the 2020 election. See, I'm not afraid whether I'm in Cuba Melrose Park, Chicago, or Naples, Florida. You know why? Because I'm still an American, you crooked bastards, and you don't intimidate me. Well, um, we just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by uh, if we uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he, uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our constitution, does not become the next president. Luckily for you, I speak half-ass pansy Chicago Democrat gangster speak. That's what they had, the assurance they had that the bureaucracy of corruption, the same one that allowed his crack-smoking, useless piece of garbage son to pretend to be an asset to anybody. That's it. So when Devin Archer goes on Tucker Carlson and everybody is supposed to, that's not interesting to me. I knew what he was going to say. I speak half-assed Chicago Democrat gangster speak. And this is Barack Obama's link. And that's who's really running the thing. It isn't this feeble fascist pig. He's the useful idiot whose name they put on the ballot. So you worked with Hunter Biden in a bunch of different businesses. Um, what were the skill, the specific skills that he brought to clients? Well, at the end of the day, he, you know, he had a career in Washington, yep. uh, graduated Yale Law School and had a very big network. No, no, no. He, he transferred to Yale to graduate. He was too stupid to get it, even with his father's connections. So once again, The nonsense. But I want you to remember, we got a call from a federal prosecutor yesterday who challenged me to read this fiction, this poppycock called an indictment. And I read it and it's a it's a joke. There's not one legitimate legal reason to indict him again. This is the allegation they've been saying since they staged the so-called insurrection without a weapon. Where in Melrose Park, you don't go to a Friday night party without a weapon. I'm not here without a weapon. I got a weapon right here. You see, the difference is that I know what it's like and how the Democrat half-assed gangster thinks. And that's what we're going to do. I'm going to show you how this is all to divert your eyes from the second time in history, in history, that the American economy and credit has been downgraded. The only other time since 1909 that our Credit rating was downgraded was when Barack, he likes big butts and he cannot lie, was in the White House. Because the mission of this Marxist mafia is to destroy our country, the quality of life and the rights that it's built on. That is why it is normal to censor, propagandize and intimidate people who do not share an opinion of the government. Now, I have never shared an opinion of the government because I know There's a reason the FBI never catches the real mafia, Don. They never prosecute the real criminal in our society. The politicians, they don't really prosecute them. They get away with 
absolutely anything and they steal millions and hundreds of millions and billions now. Now they're stealing billions. And the FBI headquarters is a quarter mile away from Mike Madigan's headquarters and they're the only ones that for five decades they didn't know anything. I know nothing. Sometimes, what did he say yesterday? Sometimes some evidence falls in the desk. Oh, it falls in the desk. You morons. See, I speak crook. And I also understand what the intention of these new modern Marxist mafia members is to destroy our nation. And they are doing it. Uh, we want to bring you this breaking news. Fitch has downgraded the U.S. credit rating to a double A from a triple A. Uh, they note the difference in governance between double A rated countries versus triple A rated countries. Also, uh, the continuous or the, the many, many political showdowns surrounding the debt limit. We now she's trying to put lipstick on the pig that is the election thief's tenure. That is the, the, the Biden administration for the second time. Since 1909, I want you to think about all the recessions, all the difficult economies, all of the war actions, whether you supported and bought the lies again of the government or you recognize the truth of the corruption in it. And this is the second time in American history that this nation has been downgraded. What happened to all the Republicans? You know, all those half-ass Republicans, like the Illinois Republicans who want to cozy up to the mafia. And you, you said, if we sign the debt ceiling and it'll all be roses. It'll be peachy and everything will be smooth. Where are you now? Hey, dummies, where are you now? Knew uh, when the debt limit showdown was going on that Fitch was considering at this downgrade, even if the debt limit was not breached. And so here we are with a downgrade of the U.S. credit rating to a double A plus from a triple A. Now I'm looking at this. Park bench creep Jake Tapper on CNN. I'm looking at him. He's got the one married to Stinky Hammers, Paul Pelosi. He's got Nancy on. Speaker of the House twice in the last, what, 20 years? Speaker of the House twice. Are they talking about this? You see, as the Speaker of the House, this was her main concern. I mean, when she wasn't front-running policies and enriching her Stinky Hammer husband. They don't ask her about this. One year after Pelosi, the controversial Biden-Trump showdown. That's what the topic is? That's what the topic is. See, what the real topic is, aside from all this obvious evidence we have that this government is corrupted, the economy is for all of us that work. The welfare roaches, the Democrat base, both corporate and individual, they don't care about this because they don't participate in the real economy either. But they don't understand the ramifications of what happens, just like they didn't understand the ramifications of Obamacare. We have any uh, information on that? We want to turn now to a CBS News investigation into the collapse of hospitals serving some of our nation's most vulnerable. Ah, that's all right. 50% less. You said Obamacare was going to work. And yet nobody's ever indicted for lying and profiting from policies. Richard, a lot of questions in the market. We've gotten past the initial debt ceiling dispute. Why now? First of all, before he says Sean was right, which I think is all he needs to say. I want to tell you what I'm doing here that I think is different. Why I view this show as an opportunity. I don't give a rip about what it does for me. This is exposing the mafia. I'm showing you this is a legacy of 70 years of lies and corruption sold as policies. And you're not in the system that is profiting from it. And this small group of whores and pimps in Washington, D.C. and K Street, they're immune to reality. In fact, Joe Biden could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and not lose one welfare roach vote, not lose one Democrat vote because they're brainwashed and they're in on this scheme. And this is why 
You never take them at their word and believe them, even when they promise to wear the red team badge. We're going to raise the debt ceiling. It'll be great. The second time in our country's history that we've been downgraded. So when politicians say full faith and credit, guess what this means? We don't have any. Well, I mean, we uh, did right after the resolution of the of the debt ceiling uh, uh, um, with the Fiscal Responsibility Act. Uh, mind you, just two or three days ahead of the X date when they could possibly uh, not begin to not. Make- By the way, I would be irritated if I was just listening to this, but I watched it and I saw how uncomfortable this American is because he's disgusted that it had to be downgraded. This is what happens when you concede a principle. And that's why all the arguments we heard, all the pressure from our own side, lift the debt ceiling. You were wrong. Now get on your knees and beg forgiveness. Uh, some kind of a, a payments on its obligations. Um, we indicated then that we would resolve the, 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 the uh, rating watch uh, in the third quarter. And we wanted to take our time. Uh, we wanted to, to, to opine upon the uh, impact of the Fiscal Responsibility Act itself on the, on the deficits and on the debt level. We wanted to... Um, I also speak financial nerd speak. That means he was hoping that all of the lies that were coming out of Washington were even kind of true and that he wouldn't have to downgrade his nation. Uh, update our own numbers and, and look at, um, you know, where we think the, the, the fiscal trajectory and the debt uh, is going. And we wanted to just take stock of the actual uh, debt ceiling debate and its resolution as, as well. So we wanted to take our time and give a thoughtful analysis to, um, you know, to, to both the fiscal picture and on, on the uh, kind of governance issues and, uh, as well. It's worth talking a little bit about the criteria you set out about a year ago about what it would take to get to a downgrade because some of the things have changed in terms of the picture. Let's start with the rise in debt to GDP ratio. The significant and sustained rise did not be so significant or sustained. So why is that not factored in here in terms of the decision made more recently? Do you know what she's saying? Everything you've been hearing from that dimwit sideshow bomb, the dumbest spokes idiot for any administration. Affirmative action moron that she is. Everything that Joe Biden has been saying from corrupt union halls around the country that are profiting from failure in policy. Everything is a lie. And here's the evidence. Well, um, the, the debt bubble has been rising, rising quite significantly. If you look at before the great... What about the deficits? What about all this nonsense that this dimwit has been spewing? From his denture-ridden pie hole. Financial crisis in 2007, debt to GDP was uh, uh, at below 60%. Now it's 113%. Um, the 113% is almost three times higher than the AAA median. And it's more than... Three times higher? Where's all the Republicans that said if you raise the debt ceiling, you won't go bankrupt? Where are they today? You better go hide in the corner like the charlatan whores you are twice as high as the double A median. So you've had a sustained uh, uh, deterioration over the years. Um, Yes, debt to GDP peaked uh, after during the pandemic at 120 percent and has come down. Um, And that's because, you know, inflation and high nominal GDP growth. He's saying inflation is what made the illusion that it was coming down. But the reality is it's worse than we anticipated. 
and also the uh, you know the, the withdrawal of the stimulus, uh, especially last year. But now we're seeing that levels starting to rise again, and we do not see them stabilizing. We we just see them continuing to rise um, in the in the next three years, and probably more over the medium term. Um, and that 113 percent is still 13 percentage points higher than where it was before the pandemic. So you've had quite a deterioration on the on the fiscal and debt side. This is the most important story today. Not that we have more evidence the government's corrupt. Wherever there's a Democrat, there's corruption. But this is the first time, well, the second time, they've been able to downgrade our economy. Also, another Democrat, I believe, Barack, he likes big butts and he cannot lie. Are you enjoying his third term? 312-642-5600. I'll be back. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Wear your mask, take your pills. Prolific lies that the government knowingly spread. And I'm looking at CNN with the park bench creep, Jake Tapper. And he's got some old man on here who looks like he died in 93. Name of uh, Abrams. Trump knowingly spread prolific lies. And if that, well, if that's the case, then I want whoever is running for president to run on indicting Barack. He likes big butts and he cannot lie Obama because there was never a more prolific lie spread knowingly than Obamacare. You see, this is what matters to the American people. These are the cornerstones of communism that are put forward to destroy the property rights of each individual, each American. See, this is not even about Barack Obama. He's but yet a cog in the Marxist mafia. Cog, excuse me. However, this is a plan to destroy the principles of the individual. You see, the, the collectivist, they have a great offense the Marxists, the communists, the socialists, they have great offense. They're always on offense. Individual liber- liberty only has a defense. It doesn't even have an offense because you and I promote that so-called offensive liberty when we practice our property rights. But see, the collectivist understands there's more leeches and roaches than there are people that want to be free. And this is why they keep promoting a democracy. Because most of the Democrats, they're not interested in freedom. They're not interested in liberty or property rights. They're interested in the power and the misuse of law, which is why they support this insanity that you see before you in the persecution of anyone who's not in the Democrat mafia. It's that simple. But to me, the greatest story is the controlled demolition of our principles, the controlled demolition of our economy. And the propagandists that spread the lies. Now, it's unusual that I'm back in the area. I don't like to be back here. I'll be quite frank with you. And it's not because I, I don't like the people that I knew. In fact, I sadly went to a wake today and I saw people I haven't seen for 30 years. And I remember when Chicago and Illinois and my neighborhood, all great, because the people were great. Those people are now very old and they're dying off. And now you have this new crop of Marxists, of idiots who are promoting the agenda of totalitarianism, and they're willing to give it away, the principles of freedom. And this is the part that I find nauseating. And all they need is some phony cause, some phony righteous cause, and they are willing to turn us into a Soviet system. And my favorite is Obamacare. And I'm going to tell you why. It's the one we should have never given up. It's the one that is the most provable. 
the one that has done the disservice to the people it said it begged it would help. This healthcare system in this country was set up to collapse. That is why it is now normal to hide information, whether it be on COVID, whether it be on the economy, or whether it be on what exactly is happening in this country to our healthcare system. We want to turn now to a CBS News investigation into the collapse of hospitals serving some of our nation's most vulnerable communities. CBS News chief medical correspondent, Dr. John LaPook, takes a look at how investors... What was his name, LaPook? That's a great name. In fact, I think every doctor should be called LaPook that's willing to operate in this system and not speak out against communism. Are we already at 430? All right, I went long. I'll pick this up when we get back from the break. I'll be back. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. At AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You know, it's interesting when you take yourself out of these Democrat areas and you, you realize how corrupt they are, both actually with money, but more interestingly philosophically corrupt and i'll tell you what i mean my my wife loves this wgn morning show and i have to admit i love the girl that goes out on the town the way i, I forget her name anna and then they anna Bellavere. i love her love her to death and i i even like the south side girl robin i can't stand that larry that moron that he is i do like the guy who does the uh he dresses like a merengue dancer with those those fancy shirts i think he's the sports guy and i like the weather guy right oh very nice guys but they're idiots that they bring on is astonishing to me from the guy who looks like uh bella lugosi's lookalike forest preserve child uh paul lisnick who has his own day uh to this this particular buffoon named jim warren i've been noticing through the years how they've been justifying lying to the american people first of all if you're a chicago democrat be ashamed of it. Your philosophy destroyed arguably one of the best, most financially successful cities in the country, you morons. So to come out and pretend you're an elitist or you're onto something, go bury your head in the corner like the loser f- moron you are. And that's what Jim Warren is. And his news organization is called NewsGuard. Now, right there, I don't like the name NewsGuard. It's very forthright. What are you guarding the news of? And what he means is he's guarding the real information from the people because that's how fascism works. And Jim Warren, not only is he a propagandist and a stooge and a censor heavy failure, but he, he, he has the same shirt on in both videos. And they're like a year and a half apart. Here he is with COVID spreading misinformation and telling you the justification for censorship was to prevent misinformation. But we now know. The vaccine is guts on ghoul. The mask is guts on ghoul. And the virus was created in a fracking lab. And joining us now is political analyst Jim Warren, executive editor of NewsGuard, which rates the credibility of news and information sites. Uh, Jim, good morning. He rates the credibility. Good morning, Larry. How does a guy with no credibility rate anybody's credibility? Buffoon. A lot quieter up here than uh, in the West Graceland neighborhood than River North, apparently. Yeah. Um, Let me ask you about these websites. Democrat, How though, difficult huh? is it to determine that the website you're on with this information is is on the fringe versus a mainstream website? Well, it can be difficult. I mean, we, Larry and Robin, we've analyzed about 6,700 websites in the U.S. and Europe and found that 519 publish clearly erroneous health information. Why is that important? It's important 
because the sites that we look at, all of us look at, you, me, uh, the guys you work with that account for about 97 percent of uh, online engagement every day, um, include 7 percent of them with health information. So just imagine like going into Jewel or Walgreens or Costco. Who is this idiot talking? You talking now to me? Hey, moron. I forgot more than you'll ever know about everything important in in the world, you idiot. Don't talk down to me with your stupid shirt and tie on. And knowing that 7% of the products are either faulty or in the case of foods and cosmetics may actually be poisonous. Mm. That's the situation we face um, with misinformation. So there he is a year and a half ago in a stupid shirt and tie exposing the new American Fourth Reich Politburo. And how righteous they are to censor you from information. This topic was specifically about the fraudulent vaccine. Ironically, named by Trump Warp Speed. I love how the Democrats insist on putting it in her arm, the stupid idiots that they are. In the meantime, here he is today in the same stupid shirt and tie. And I caught him a couple times itching his belly. He's got one of those fat municipal bellies, you know, and he likes to itch it on TV. Here is Jim Warren Moron, censor happy Politburo member. Joining us now is political analyst Jim Warren, executive editor of NewsGuard, which rates the credibility of news and information sites. Good morning, Jim. Larry. Good morning, guys. Yeah, this is number three indictment, most important so far, because this is the one that goes directly to his actions as president. Yes. uh, Point number one is uh, Trump knew. Yeah, you know, there's been a theory uh, among a lot of folks that, you know, it's possible. He just didn't believe it, that he had had lost. And, you know, maybe he's delusional. Now, just... Just get rid of Trump and put Obama about Obamacare. Do you mean to tell me that this brilliant, brilliant bust out that he was, that was three months late on his car payment, that needed Tony Resco's corruption to buy his house. You mean this brilliant Democrat didn't know what Obamacare would do to both premiums and the quality of health care? So I almost love the idea that they're indicting Trump on this fraudulent indictment, because now this opens the books. We could maybe really audit the vote. I want to see how many of those 81 million people are alive. We're alive. We're we're able to vote. I'd like to see it all. So this might be a blessing in disguise. Not to mention, if this is the norm, every politician from this day forward should run on every past president who passed a law or a bill or signed one that turned out to be a calamity for the people. I love it. I think we could even get some foreigners, you know, like the the victims of the coup in Africa. Maybe we could get some people who are victims of the war atrocities we're committing in the former Soviet Union. I like where this could go. The indictment makes quite clear that he made declarative statements to a lot of people, including the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, that, you know, that's about it for us now. We, you know, we've lost. And most interesting to me is the declarations of the grand jury by Mike Pence. He is far more forthcoming than he has been to has been now. He's sort of been a little Weasley, but he made clear to the grand jury his view. <laughs> I love it. Pay note, Republicans, this failure, this Chicago Democrat who's failed at everything except destroying a city. They're going to tell you what Weasley is. These whores, these profiteers of corruption and failure. They should hide their face in the corner, Jim Warren, and change your shirt, scumbag. All right. Uh, Bruce Waukesha. Thanks for taking my call, Sean. Um, First of all, uh, the uh, interview you had yesterday with Gregory uh, Stenstrom, uh, thank you for having him on again. Um, That's an important interview. I think even the last time I called in after that first one, I, I told you that was probably the top five interview you ever did. Thank you. And. 
and and I and I think you just did it again yesterday because I think what this guy brings to the table uh, with his book, the parallel parallel election, is is so important. I read that book, and the best part about that book, he actually talked about the corruption that surrounds both Democrat and Republican yeah. parties in that area, which kind of sets up the framework for how you get into stealing an election. And, and, you, and your point just made earlier about how uh, Trump's you know, current situation could open the door. I hope it kicks the door wide open because I think that there is the possibility that we could really expose this to the American people on a much greater level because you're doing it in a courtroom. Thank you very much. But I love that, Bruce. And I'm going to tell you right now, I know for a fact I have a friend of mine who is infirmed in a home right now and they ballot harvest the whole home. And every one of those fracking votes. Guess who? What party? Anybody want to guess? 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. They've been stealing election. Since the dawn of elections, they've been stealing elections. A friend of mine, 196. No kidding, the Kennedys. Of course he did. How'd they steal it? Well, I don't know. Queen of Heaven, completely Democrat. Mont Carmel, Democrat. That's how they steal. They steal them the same way. Am I the only person that remembers the four-hour shutdown? Of course not. The greatest advocate for why you should always be suspicious, ironically, a Democrat by the name of Hari Hursty. And if you haven't, please watch the documentary Kill Chain, inspired by Hillary Clinton's claims that she was a victim of collusion. And in that documentary, you can see the Democrats and some of the Republicans, as the evidence from Harry Hursty's documentary was presented to them in Washington, D.C., and they said, wait a minute, why would we fix this when we forever could get scumbags elected? And they never are interested in fixing it. We've known this for a hundred years. By the way, since 1909, only twice has the American economy been downgraded, once under Barack Obama, and then again under the feeble fascist fronting for Barack Obama. Uh, Jim and Lyle. Sean, did Honey Bunny get a chance to show you that video that's going viral of the phenomenal store in New York? Okay, so every whack that that Sikh Indian bodega owner, I don't even know what the word bodega means, but that's what they say in New York. Yeah. Every whack he took on the guy who stole all of his merchandise is for every single one of us hardworking Americans. I couldn't agree more. It was one of the videos that makes me feel great i love that kind of video and it's something that uh, has always been the answer to this as people sit by and watch scumbags break things are you out of your well, mind he didn't, sit by. he didn't sit by he wasn't gonna sit by and we're not gonna sit by we're so sick of this shit oh, oh, right oh, 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 oh. gotta drop him you can't swear you can't swear but we uh feel the uh, the uh, the anxiety the, the 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 fight for righteousness what do you mean I got to sit there and let some guy steal out of my store? And in the video, I, I implore you to watch it. How do people get it, Honey Bunny? I don't even know. I'm not the tech guy. I don't go on that stuff. You go on Instagram and you see the guy. Be- There's a guy in the background going, there is nothing you could do. You have insurance? As they want you to sit there and watch this scallywag take the guy's merchandise off of the store. It's about time you bring a little Melrose Park into the problem. By the way, celebrate. No cash bail. That applies for me too, right? Because I don't want to pay any cash. You know how much cash I had to borrow from my aunt? <laughs> Lots. Lloyd, Gary, Indiana. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Wonderful. Hey, I was want to talk about grand juries a little bit. You know, they say it's supposed to be constitutional, but <laughs> yet in our court system, 
Right. In our court system, you know, uh, you're supposed to have the right to face your accuser. You could take and say anything. The person being accused doesn't get to have his lawyer there. Don't get a chance to rebut the information, anything. It's like sending up a trial balloon. Let's just throw it up. Okay, we got a conviction. If you had enough to convict on, what do you need a grand jury for? Look, the system it's is beyond. It, it has been. you got to understand. I, I, I learned this as a very young guy watching the persecution back then of anybody who was Italian in the 70s and 80s and how ridiculous it was and how the FBI was referenced as forever bothering Italians. And everybody would talk. On Sunday, here's the FBI trying to drive through a neighborhood to get some guy playing cards, to get some two-bit bookmaker, some loan shark. The biggest crooks in the state are a quarter mile from the FBI headquarters. But the FBI agents and Madigan and the rest of the -the short-in-the-pants mafia all have the same kind of names. I'm getting sick of pretending there was any legitimacy to this corrupt oligarch system. It's a kleptocracy. Too bad we don't have have Biden trying to say kleptocracy with Russia. Remember that stupid son of a dog? Where is he? Where is this dummy? America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in uh, foot. Excuse me. Just shut up and wait for Barack to give you another policy to destroy my country, dummy. Uh, Greg Rogers Park. Hi, Sean. First of all, I want to say, I think Nikki Whaley should have her own news program because she's the best journalist in Chicago. I know Nikki Whaley. All the other... She's my girl. Yeah, which well, means, anyways, the other thing is, you notice now all these, because of Obamacare and everything, and all these unions, all these people are going on strike. I love it. So they can be more lazy and... Um, no, brother, I'm, I'm a big fan of these, these, these SEIU members going on strike. They could <laughs> use the exercise. Get out and walk a little bit, honey. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Now, in my tease for my next guest, this is going to be the second or maybe third time I've talked to my next guest. I have the utmost respect for him. He is a general counsel and the Barbara K. Olson Legal Counsel at Landmark Legal Foundation. I'm well aware of what he's done with his life and what a success he is. He's authored numerous briefs with the Supreme Court. He's a member of the Federalist Society and American Bar Association. He's licensed to practice law in Virginia and District of Columbia, where he does to save us from the constitutional atrocities. His name is Mike O'Neill. Mike, thanks for joining me. How are you? Good, Sean. How are you this afternoon? Well, as I was teasing to you coming on the show, I said, Mm -hmm. I I am looking for a panacea to the constitutional atrocities we're experiencing. And apparently my audience went crazy because, you know, I'm a neighborhood guy. They didn't think I knew what it meant. But I am looking for a cure from the government that is more than happy to attack and assault constitutional principles. How do we get this toothpaste back in the tube? Because what we're living through to me, is something I never thought we'd see here. Well, I think we need a. Ref- I think what happens is it's a great question. I think what we saw during COVID, and this kind of links into some of the events of the past day or so. Let's talk about this. 
we saw with COVID, the left and the Democrats in this country took advantage of the COVID pandemic in context of voting. What they did throughout the country was they relaxed all of the voting regulations, all of the all of the rules that states had in place. They convinced states and state legislatures and state officials to relax and remove all the protections that were in our voting system. So remember, you'd see instituted in, 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 in practice, what happened was instituted widespread vote by mail, right? More people now vote by, voted by mail in 2020 than voted in person. So when you have vote by mail, you have opportunities for mischief. You have opportunities for individuals to commit acts of malfeasance. So that, so I think we really need to get back to instituting reasonable protections and common sense protections on our voting, on our voting system, on our electoral system. And I think people need to be aware of that before the elections come out. They need to make that an issue every day. You need to go, you need to go to your local representative, your state legislatures, your state representatives, because those are the people that pass these laws. Those are the people that are entrusted with ensuring the integrity of the election and go back to them and say, Hey, how we changed our voting process, how we changed it and exposed it to risk and exposed it to malfeasance. Why, why, why don't we vote in person anymore? Why do we vote by mail? What are you doing to make sure that your voting records, that your voter rolls are accurate and up to date? How are you keep? how are you, are you removing dead people? How are you removing yeah, well, Mike, people we're, out of your jurisdiction? You're talking to Chicago, baby. We don't remove dead people. That's the voting exactly. block. Of the Democrat. But here's the other thing, Mike, and, and this is the reality of it. The collective, no matter what they tout themselves, right? Today it's a, it's called a democracy or the Democrat Party. But what it really is, is the collective. The collective mm-hmm. has an offense and they can attack a multitude of different liberties that only has a defense. Liberty only has defense. It has no offense because it's individual. So when you mm-hmm. have these atrocities and what you realize what we're experiencing is the natural progression of servitude. And the American people have had the liberty broken with the government's action, ironically, by a Republican president at the time, no matter what the excuse of censorship of information, of restriction of freedom and property rights, of a violation of what it means to be free. And now you have that mindset where they're afraid. And now all they need is a phony, virtuous mission to commit more fascism more totalitarianism. And this is the part where I want to break that chain where people are used to the Obama years to, you know, misusing and abusing power that was meant to be a republic as a democracy. So that's the part. Which do we take on first? Do we take on the voter? Do we take on the atrocity of COVID or do we take on the corruption therein? And when I originally had you on, we were going to talk about Randy Weingarten. And that's you could you could go after all of that because it all really is about hiding the money scheme in fascism, isn't it? I think so. And I think, you know, when you're talking and you're talking about liberties and the very first most important, I don't want to say most important. Let's not let's not minimize any of our liberties. But one of the one of the initial things I think about of liberties, and this has been a concentrated attack on the First Amendment, on the right of free speech. Right. And you're seeing it everywhere. And the left made a made a discern, a, a dedicated effort to weaponize speech to say, okay, we're going to say, we're going to attack your right to free speech at every level and made it acceptable to attack free speech by controlling speech. Then you, you, you make it that much easier to subvert liberty. And now you have 
subjective measurements. What is hate speech? You know, weaponizing hate speech. It's okay to suppress hate speech, or it's okay to jail somebody for uttering hate speech. These subjective standards that you're setting forth, that the left has set forth. And they're going about it. They're not really hiding it. They're doing it in plain sight. So you're seeing, again, you're seeing an evolution, a degradation of the electoral process. You're seeing attacks on fundamental liberties, particularly free speech. And I think those are really, and I think more people need to talk about that. Again, just going back to it, nobody thinks about, going back to attacks on the electoral system, nobody thinks about voting until you're about to vote, until election season arrives. Yes. But the time to think about that are the months before, are the times right now, the times when it's a dead issue, when you can make a lot of hay about it with your representatives. And I think you should be aware of, number one, efforts on the left to suppress speech, and number two, efforts to control the electoral process. I didn't have you on afterwards, but I, I, I really wanted to. And that was after the Supreme Court nullified state legislatures. How in the world can I have that arrogance of liberty when my fallback was the Supreme Court, right? The Supreme Court will never let the bastardization of 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 the federalism fall by the wayside and the culmination of federal corruption in Washington, D.C. But that's exactly what they did. So they, in essence, nullified the specific instance in the Constitution when state legislatures control Voting rules and laws. So now that you've broken that, what's next? Well, again, a very unfortunate decision. Those are two unfortunate decisions in an otherwise really good Supreme Court term. But again, I, th- I still think that you that the, the individual legislatures in that particular instance, it was that decision. However, state legislatures there are other Supreme Court decisions, recent Supreme Court decisions. The Brnovich decision, for example, is one that strikes that comes to mind immediately, which was just a couple of terms ago, where the state of where the state of Arizona, for example, outlawed ballot harvesting. Right, that's the process where individuals you hire, you have these third party interest groups, you have unions or something deploy at these precincts to go collect ballots for people that they're not related to. You know, it's not like you're taking your grandma's ballot mm-hmm. to the mailbox for her. No, no, no. It's deploying individuals are targeted at targeted precincts to collect ballots, ballot harvesting. Now, the state of Arizona a couple of years ago outlawed that. And that and the Supreme Court in the Brnovich decision said this, the, the, the states could do that. That was perfectly in line. It was not a violation of the Voting Rights Act. So there is some leeway. And again, I would encourage everybody listening out there, all your audiences, to talk about this in the times when nobody's talking about it, because that's when you can make an impact. So there is some things you can do. Again, in those cases you're talking about with out, out of North Carolina and out of believe Alabama this term those were very disappointing cases but I still think there is work to be done at the state level what else was disappointing as far as I'm concerned is the success in the uh, government takeover and backdoor nationalization of every aspect of our life during COVID and when I originally had you on it was going to be why why should the DHS take Randy Weingarten seriously after the pandemic want to expand on that a little bit well, absolutely. She was she was now it was announced that that the uh, president of the AFT, the American Federation of Teachers, was appointed to the Homeland Security Academic Partnership Council. And that is a group, an advisory committee within the Department of Homeland Security that is going to do two things. Really, they're going to they're going to identify funding opportunities. So access to federal money. So these, these are individuals, leftist individuals who are sitting sitting in a room deciding where they're going to allocate your taxpayer money. So they're going to identify grant funding opportunities. The second thing that this this uh, Homeland Security Academic Partnership Council is tasked with is safety and security, including prevention, response, mitigation, recovery, and other emergency management and preparedness measures. So taking those, advising on those issues. So look at this. 
safety and security. This is an individual who was char- who was completely totally wrong during COVID, who advocated for closure of schools, who advocated for masks, for advocated for keeping kids at home, did incalculable damage, all in the name of safety, incalculable damage to the emotional, social, and academic progress of our children. Set them years back by any measure, particularly the most vulnerable students were set back years. And now you're putting this individual who is the leading advocate for those measures, you're putting her in a position to command, to command federal tax dollars and to and to advise on safety measures. I can't think of anybody who's less qualified to serve in that capacity. Mike O'Neill, over the weekend, I had been doing a little research on Randy Weingarten. After all, the best Democrat mafia members always come from Chicago. And this is a girl that's riddled in a woman, riddled in scandal, riddled in scandal. In fact, there has been millions of dollars from the teachers union invested in a, in a company during COVID called Empire Global Ventures. Empire Global Ventures was given millions of dollars to buy PPE for the schools. None of the PPE was ever delivered. None of it was ever questioned. It turns out it's it's a member of her synagogue and friends of both her and her wife. And this woman's name is Alexandra Stratton. And her husband is named Sam Natapov. I'm guessing. I don't know how to say it, but it's it's Natapovi Natapov. And they are the principals of this Empire Global Ventures in New York. And this is something that has never really been investigated. And this is a bipartisan issue. Tremendous amounts of money was stolen and misappropriated. What we now know is even the PPP loans, over 50% had been improperly given. And we don't know where the money is. And you've got other people that have stolen it. Are we ever going to be able to investigate this kind of scandal, bipartisan corruption? Or have they successfully deluded us with too many scandals for us to go after the specific atrocities in the government's reaction to COVID. Chase, uh, it's like herding cats. Absolutely. I, I have not heard of that. I, I, I would hope that anything regarding misappropriation of COVID relief funds would be fully investigated and audited. I had not heard of anything. Well, I had not heard of that. That's she did it as the teacher that. union president. This is teacher union money. But so much mm-hmm. of that money has the ambiguity of whoever is in charge. They pretty much are held harmless to invest the money uh, in the way that they wanted. And she took the opportunity during COVID to supposedly buy PPE. Yet, a, a tremendous amount of money was spent. You can find this information in Puppeteers, by the way. That's where I was finding the most success. It was a former congressman who wrote it. And um, it's very interesting how instead of being investigated, instead of being held to account, it seems to be that they get promotions. And when I say they... I mean, the facilitators of this kind of corruption. And, and, and that's utterly mind-boggling to me, Sean. Again, there's no accountability and there's no humility. What's, what's always astounding to me is Fauci, anybody you want to talk about, everything, they were absolutely wrong at every level, at every point, right? And if, I, if Mike O'Neill were one of the leading advocates for health or leading advocates for education, and I was out there every day saying, saying something day in, day out. And then it was proven beyond any reasonable doubt that I was completely wrong. And in fact, I hurt <laughs> the people I should be advocating on. In other words, our students and across America, and I was wrong. What would I do? I would apologize. I would demonstrate humility, wow. self-reflection. I would go away. I wouldn't, I wouldn't seek out appropriate uh, appointments to uh, prestigious councils who command lots of money and authority within yeah. our Department of Homeland Security. But that's what was always astounding to me. It's a lack of humility, lack of self-reflection. It is absolutely mind-boggling well, that this is going on today. You have too much character to go into politics, but the problem is only a fraction of society has character. The rest don't. And that's who's 
in control of the levers of power. But I want to ask you if maybe they overplay their hand. Every once in a while, I keep hoping this happens. And as we look at what's happening with this indictment, and as I read the 45 pages, now I am not an attorney. Believe me, I don't I don't pretend to be. However, this looks like a, a, a nonsense thing where you're assuming you knew what somebody else knew. It's a story of fiction. It doesn't seem very intelligent to me or to be very credible. But is it, in fact, an opportunity for the Trump team to open up through uh, the process of the legal uh, the legal system and maybe really audit some of the allegations that they say he knew? Is this an opportunity right. for him? Right. And that, that's a that's a that's an interesting point. My colleagues and I were talking about that today. And one of them pointed out that exact point that there are a number of allegations here. And again, what, what was I talking about right at the beginning of our of our discussion there? Look. 2020 was a, a, a off year regarding elections. They, the left spent the entire 2020 removing any reasonable protections in a lot of these states. A lot of these states just implemented vote by mail on the fly. And so now there's all kinds of opportunities for mischief or malfeasance within that, within that rapid, rapid implementation of vote by mail. And so it will, it will be interesting. There is an opportunity there if you look at it. And again, another, just to speak quickly on the, the indictment, I think, I think the, uh, the special the special counsel is going to have a heck of a time trying to show mens rea on the part of the uh, of the part of President Trump. I mean, you, if you read the indictment and you see all of these reckless words, quite frankly, where you're yes. knowingly and it's knowingly this, knowingly do that and intentionally, that is a very very high bar to reach. How the Again, hell do you know what anybody else knows? First of all, right. And how do you have the arrogance? And the audacity to assume it. And then you put it in an indictment. You basically that's an indictment of our Department of Justice. The way I look at it, that's a joke. It's going to be I I mean, again, setting aside some of the other things, given where at least initially it looks like the case is going to be in the D.C. in in the District of Columbia, although that's an issue. That's an issue to get uh, venue is an issue to, to challenge for the defense. But I think. I think it's going to be very difficult. It's a very, very high bar to reach when you're trying. You can establish that I told you something, but you can't establish what was going on in your mind. If I could, if Sean, for example, I say, well, the sky is purple. Or the sky is blue today, Sean. The sky yeah. is blue. And you say, you can establish that I told you that the sky was blue, but I can't establish that you thought that the sky was blue. All I can establish is that Mike O'Neill told you the sky was blue. You Mike, see the problem where it gets into the mens rea, the intent of the indiv- of the target of the indictment here, President Trump. And this, by the way, his behavior has been perfectly consistent. He has is, he is consistently said that he believed the election was stolen. So do I. So I think that works in his favor. I so, believe I, the exactly. election was stolen. I believe COVID was created in a lab. I believe masks are full of garbage and I wouldn't put that vaccine in my arm for $10 million. Can I have the right to say that in America anymore, Mike? Again, going back to what I was talking about before, this all kind of clicks together, right? What are we saying? Attacks on our First Amendment, attacks on our free speech. And again, what is the most protected level of speech? Political speech is the, received, should receive the highest level of protection in our country. And a lot of times I think that that might be a, a, really, a really big issue here on the Trump indictment issues. And what is protected political speech? You know, the hardest thing to, re- to, to wrap my head around as I get older is that I am completely convinced that in Washington, D.C., Trump could be convicted for shooting Tupac. There's no question in my mind. So we are now whatever judge, whatever party the judge is, however, however philosophically corrupted the people in law enforcement or, or in the FBI or the secrets. This is a, an America I, 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 I don't recognize and I thought would never happen. And I'm wondering in your heart of hearts, when you go to bed at night with all of your history, with all of your action in front of the Supreme Court, are you confident we can still turn to the Supreme Court 
ultimately in the end after these atrocities pass us by? I well, I was guarded. I mean, I was generally happy with the the term this term. We saw a lot of good decisions come down. I will say one thing. I wanted to make one point. You talked about overplaying the hand. And I would I would say if you look at the action, you know, we're we're forgetting. You see how the left moves. You see how the media moves. We're, we haven't even touched on the the, the Devin Archer testimony from oh. yesterday, right? So I think if you want to look at overplaying their hand, I think if you look at the the testimony of Devin Archer, I think you see a lot a lot of exposure for President Biden and his son. So we'll see. Yeah. When, you, when you talk about it, it's, it's funny how things might work out. That's that's. There's a lot of serious questions that should be raised. And by the way, talk about special counsel. I think it's it's entirely that a special counsel is appointed to invest. You know, good luck with that one. But yeah. investigate the the Hunter Biden issues. Before I let you go, and I'm going to let you go. Sure. But before I let you go, have you ever seen the documentary, ironically inspired by Hillary Clinton, and they hired a guy by the name of Harry Hersey? called kill chain did you ever see it no i did not would you do me a favor would you when you get some downtime remember it it's on netflix you can find it it's called kill chain yeah it's on youtube you'll find it fascinating in the meantime i'm depending on you because i know you and the people at landmark legal foundation are always fighting for the liberties and the americanism this country is based on and the enlightenment so thank you mike for making time for me mike o'neill i truly appreciate you always a pleasure sean you have a great day you too we'll be back with your calls and comments Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. So it's funny. The attack by the mafia, be they Democrats or Republican establishment scum. I don't think they understand how it's going to affect the support for the next so-called election. See, I've given up the idea that the election has any integrity, so I'm not really going to play the game of, I hope we win this time. We won last time, and here we are. But it's interesting to watch the difference in the people that are supposedly running. And once again, I am more than impressed with another candidate, that comes from outside the body politic, who I really like. This is a politicized prosecution. It is a political persecution through prosecution. Now in a third indictment in a matter of months against the person who is still at present, the lead contender in the Republican primary for U.S. president. I want to be very clear. I am running for U.S. president in that same Republican primary. It would be easier for me. If Donald Trump were eliminated from competition, that's not how I want to win. This is not about politics to me. This is about first principles. We do not want to become a country where the party in power is able to use banana republic like tactics to eliminate its political opponents. Yet I'm sad to say that's exactly where we are. I'm telling you, I have now taken the position I will not support a candidate who has maneuvered his way up through this system of corruption called politics it's a disqualifier for me it's not something oh well he was a uh, he was an assistant to the assistant to the assistant and he worked his way up he's been in politics and in and out he's been a congressman he's been this and that you know what if i didn't know your name when you were a congressman if i didn't know your name when you were a radio host like mike pence by the way what a what a radio that radio show must have sucked mike pence what the hell are you good at aside from turning your hair into felt somehow which i still can't figure out it's very complicated in the meantime, I love this Vivek Ramaswamy. Absolutely love him. 
And I think he would be a better president, ironically, than Donald Trump. But when you watch this unjust persecution, I'm definitely going to support Trump if he's the nominee, which I can't see how he isn't. Because I certainly think, who's going to be the nominee? That fat slob, the, the fraud governor from New Jersey, the mobbed up Chris Christie with a belly button that needs a hubcap? I don't think so, fatso. Uh, Glenn in Oakbrook. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Splendid. Hey, listen, the White House recommends FISA renewal this year. Everyone needs to put pressure <laughs> to stop this renewal. It's ridiculous. And you're I got talk, one you're other- talking about the FISA court, brother? They've been talking about yeah. getting rid of that. We've known how corrupt that is since George W. Bush was dodging shoes. And in the meantime, it's like the IMF Bank, the World Bank. They rubber stamp the, the corruption because they like it. They crept their way up, and their allegiance isn't to a principle of liberty or freedom or Americanism. It's to a system of corruption. They like it that way, so they can use it against their enemies. By the way, did we ever know, did Barack Obama use the FISA court to tap his political, uh, or the political opponent to Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump? Did we ever find out any of that? I don't think so. Yeah. Let me tell you something, brother. I like, you know where I'm from, and I like the bet, 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 bet. I got 100% that it's going to pass. The FISA court is here while the country is here, right until the Soviets take us over. Then they'll change the name to Politburo, but go ahead. Yeah. So the other thing is the left does not want to ban hate speech. The left wants to ban speech they hate. Exactly. Exactly. By the way, I remember a time in this country, so do you, Glenn, when Americans were united in their hatred for communism and Marxism and socialism. That's before we started electing communists and Marxists and socialists. Thank you very much, Glenn. Appreciate the call. Oh, boy. Here he is. Pete two times. Kevin in Austin, Texas. Yeah. You always get me laughing before I call. Um, if you come down to Austin, Texas, you got to convince the Bonacorskis to open up a sub shop down there. We need an Alpine sub down here. Bonacorskis are the best, but they're not going to go to Austin, Texas. If you go to Texas, why in the hell would you go to the Oak they, Park of Texas? The hell, you, you avoid down, Austin. Do you don't move to do it. Shows. Yeah. They do come down here and do shows sometimes. Anyhow, the, the reason why, um, what's his name, my, my governor, I can't Abbott. Abbott is so conservative, is because we create an environment for him to be conservative. Other, otherwise, oh. just like the rest of them. We've got, no, it's true. You we've are so the, putting the lipstick, and you're taking house, away the body. character of Abbott. You're, you're taking away his character. Go, no, no it's, 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 it's a fact. It's because he's got marching orders with a gun behind his back. Mm, no, right, there's no the gun. State, look, at the, look at the state... Uh, Speaker of the House. Listen to me. They're already going after the AG down the, here. The reason, the reason you have Abbott and the reason you have other conservatives is because the people who inhabit your state for now have good character. You know, we had... We, we had we, but he's a politician. Well, you're talking to Chicago where they couldn't wait to vote for big Lori Lightfoot. They couldn't wait <laughs> to vote point. for him. Finally, Lori Lightfoot point. with an inseam that's six inches taller. I love him. They could care the less that point, he was a communist. They could care less. The whole point is it's, we create an environment where he has to be conservative. You can do that in Illinois, especially DuPage uh, County. All right. Oh, Get yeah. Especially where the Castens, Kasten, who is a, an heiress to a green energy scandal, scam, moron father, wrote the book, said you couldn't go out in 2012 without a spacesuit. He's a legacy. Please. He's a god in DuPage. And all the dimwits in DuPage love voting for him. And when you look at the opposition in DuPage, who they have to vote for? The Durkins with his meathead brother lobbyists? 
And he was on TV, too, talking about how righteous the Trump indictment was. Brother, you have to understand the character of the society you live in. And it's funny, we had a guy attack uh, me on Facebook right up until Squirrel Hands banned him for good. I love banning people on Facebook. I, I love it because Facebook bans the truth. We might as well ban these Marxist propagandists. And they said that I, what was it, Squirrel? I couldn't sell real estate in Illinois, so I moved to Florida. Wrong, brother. I've never failed at anything in my life, and I never will. I, did, I would never sell any human being the liability and corruption in Illinois. That's my personal choice. And I have family that can never leave, that will always have to be here. People I love and friends, and I got to see a lot today, and it's heartbreaking. But I only live by the principles that I believe in. And the idea that there are people that would promote this as a viable option when you see the kind of corruption and the fact that people who own property are the useful idiots of the corrupt politics. That's the reason I choose not to sell and gave up my license in Illinois. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Wonderful. First thing I wanted to say is I want to compliment you on how you uh, attacked that uh, ex-prosecutor. Uh, uh, I, w- I wanted to talk you, to him because, him look, to, well, no, no, to get to that point, See, there's a difference. You have the, the, the children who are raised to be slaves, the children of Democrats who will always be Democrats. They don't know any better. But when you have somebody who has the, the education and the understanding of what American law is, the shield of the righteous versus the spear of the corrupt, and his job was to put away corrupt politicians, and you center for your career and you let the corrupt politicians thrive and celebrate their corruption in such notable areas as Rush Street on every yeah. Friday. And you you know, you have to be either stupid or in on it. I wanted him to be, I wanted him to say, I don't know how, we, I, I'm ashamed that we missed it. But he didn't. He didn't say that. But he also said yeah, the indictment was good. And the indictment's a right. clown show. Right. But this is what we need on the Republican side. They need to get a little more, a little more fire. You got the Department of uh, Justice, uh, are thinking that the American people are stupid when they indict Trump on everything and say it's not political. It seems like every time uh, they say something about uh, Biden and his son, Trump gets indicted. So how's that not Rich, political? the Department of Justice, unfortunately, although it may have some decent people, some, it may have, a, I figure it's like everything else, it's about a third of decent people. They're victims, and they're afraid to speak the truth. Because what the Department of Justice, the upper echelon of these bureaucracies, the entire upper echelon of every single one of them, they are loyalists to the Reich. They're not talked. They're not. They're not steeped in principles of liberty and justice. And the Department of Justice proved itself that, and it will wallow with the lack of support of the actual Americans, who will never take it seriously in their lifetime for three generations after what we just saw by the ferret face Merrick Garland. And his fourth Reich. Uh, does today's indictment mark the end of Jack Smith's investigation, or can we expect more people to face charges? Uh, so immediately after the January 6th attack on our democracy, the career men and women of the Justice Department engaged in what has become the largest investigation in... Pay attention, Squirrel. This man's worth at least $26 million. How did he get it? I don't know. I think his father-in-law gave it to him. In the meantime... You could spin it that way, ferret face, or you could remember what the dimwit in diapers, the feeble fascist said after he was successfully stole the office of the presidency. 
conversation was tied to your predecessor, who is about to launch another campaign. So how do you reassure them if that is the reason for their questioning that the former president will not return, or that his political movement, which is still very strong, uh, will not oh, yeah. once again take power in the United <laughs> States? Well, um, we just have to demonstrate that he will not take power. Um, by uh, if we uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our constitution does not become the next president again. He's even creepier when he's not showering with his daughter. In the meantime, the husband of the producer on the Michelle Obama documentary wrote a story of fiction, and they're calling it an indictment. And the Department of Justice has zero credibility among people with integrity. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. A 14-year-old boy has been charged in seven different armed robberies, which all occurred within one hour early Tuesday. I've plotted his alleged route with each robbery on this map. (laughs) The teen faces 12 felony counts of armed robbery with a firearm, one misdemeanor count of criminal trespass to a vehicle, and one misdemeanor count of battery. Police say the boy was arrested Tuesday after being identified as the offender who took property at gunpoint from multiple victims. We have the full list of incidents, including their times and locations, in our WGNTV.com story. Well, 14 years old, Chicago native. How's he going to read the indictment, Squirrel? 5% of the kids can read. He's certainly not going to be able to do the math to see the time he's facing. I guess that's the upside of a incompetent, corrupt teachers union. Tom, Blue Island. Hey, Sean Ditto's brother. So, Sean, I, wanna, I, ju- I just wanted a, a little retort to the last two callers, both great guys. Kevin in Austin, Texas, where I live in Blue Island is about as nice a part of Blue Island as, as there is. At about every 4.30 or 5 in the morning, I walk to Dunkin' Donuts. There's the path I walk through uh, last summer, last fall, October, actually, there was a drive-by shooting, and there were 20 tastings out there, right in the, literally in the path I went through. And so it always gets back to Sean, like what you said, especially with the debt ceiling, there's nothing that can be done. It's gone. It's cashed. And to what rich from Indian head park said, yeah, they think, yeah, the reason they do what they do is because they really believe we are stupid. Tom has and blue Island. And, I don't, I, and right I'm forward. asking you this question. I don't know the answer. And I hate to ask questions. I don't know the answer to, but yep. uh, has blue Island ever, gone for the Republican candidate, ever voted Republican ever? Well, you know, the candidates don't necessarily run as Democrats. They they come up with these creative euphemisms like, the you know, and it's never like, like non-crooked Democrats. It's like, you know, the moving forward party or it's the progress party or yeah. it's all this garbage. My point but is, they're, my they're point all is, the same pimps. These neighborhoods that pretend and are victims of corruption and stupidity, no matter what happens on Election Day, they're always going to vote Democrat, which is why Joe Biden could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and not lose one Democrat vote. George in Naperville. Sean, I think it's inevitable that the Democrats will start the funding for a national monument honoring the Capitol Police, who they believe (laughs) were heroes on January 6th. 
What do you think that monument should look like? George, do you know how cowardly as a man, any man, let alone a policeman, how cowardly you are to shoot an unarmed woman who weighs 120 pounds? I can't even think of that. And what you have when I talk about arrests, you have one of the few radio hosts in Chicago who's been arrested more than a couple occasions. And I am dangerous. Yet no cop ever shot me in the neck. And on a couple of those, I might have had a weapon in my hand, give or take. Craig in Mount Greenwood. John, thank you very much for taking my call. And uh, last segment, when you were talking about uh, like Vivek and all that, um, you are right on the money. And, but here's the thing that bothers me that I want to say is uh, you got uh, when uh, Trump got this indictment, all this kind of thing, you had Pence come out and he made his stupid uh, comment about, uh, um, you know, uh, this man should never be president and all that. And uh, DeSantis, he comes after, he's just talking about himself and blah, 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 and I'm going to do this now because I wasn't going to do anything. And, and what it means to me is these people are just phonies. Is this people. a new phone? Is this the new phone you bought? Would you yes, buy this sir. thing? Would you buy this thing in a return box? Phone sucks. Uh, when I get back, we've got a guest you're gonna like. We'll be back after this. Sexy as a devil, even in a high pitched voice. That's right. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so I will never forget when Illinois Republicans, the same ones who control video poker games and pot dispensaries and have brothers that are lobbyists, pretended to have a Republican and an opportunity for people in Illinois to have a Republican governor. And when Bruce Rounier, or Bruce Rauner as he's formally called, but I like to call him Bruce Rounier, seven foot is stupid, signed Illinois red flag laws. I said at the time, this is obviously going to be used as a weapon against the law-abiding Illinois, and here we are. Joe Biden, his crime family, are in charge of the Department of Justice, the charge of the government. How much longer until you are not willing to adopt the government lies? Is that become a red flag law to be used against you in the elimination of your Second Amendment rights? Well, I think all we're really negotiating now is the time. My next guest specializes in atrocities of communism. He is a survivor. His family is a survivor from Cuba, and he understands it more than most. His name is Luis Valdez. He is the Florida State Director of Gun Owners of America. Luis, thanks for joining me again. How are you? Thanks, my brother from another mother. And I understand that you have fled the hot and steamy paradise that is Florida back to uh, no, it's more of uh, lands that is Illinois. Yeah, being extorted because of family obligations, and I, you know, I love them, and I'm going to come and spend a little time here. But I'm looking forward to getting back to Florida because in Florida, I'm an American again. And it's funny. I love the fact that they made it. Anybody can have concealed carry. If you're a citizen, you get a Second Amendment. But that's only in about 20 states, right? How many states have adopted the idea that Americans are still Americans? 27 states now. 27 states. Well, Illinois is a hub of corruption. We've got a corrupt. uh, uh, He was on 17 hours of FBI tape with a with a governor that went to prison. He's a little porky fella, looks like a beanbag with a pumpkin at it named Pritzker. And he just signed a safety act, which is nothing about safety for the honest man. 
where criminals have no bail. You don't have to put up any money. We've got mayhem where 60 people in Chicago have been released from prison, went out and killed somebody else. That's just killed. We don't know how to add up the, the robbery, the rape, the mayhem of a Democrat utopia. But now they're going to be an attack. And I knew this was coming on Americans who want to follow the law and register their weapons. Tell us a little bit about how this red flag nonsense will be weaponized against people who are not in the mafia. Well, you brought up uh, my family history in Cuba, and I could give you a great example of that. In Cuba, they used the mental health system as a way to crack down on political dissidents, and basically they go, oh, wait, you have the ideas floating around in your head of liberty and freedom and individual rights. Clearly, sir, you're suffering from mental delusions, so we're going to institutionalize you against your will and lock you up because... You don't have any socialist leanings in your body, so clearly you're broken. And that's what red flag laws could basically do. And we've, and sadly, we've even seen it here in Florida, where a Republican supermajority passed red flag laws, and they claimed that it was to prevent future atrocities. And in reality, it's done nothing. All it is is an excuse to make it seem like they've done something when they've done nothing. And I'll give you a fantastic example of that, and that was the Parkland shooter. He had over 30 points of contact with law enforcement where the Broward Sheriff's Office could have arrested him for domestic violence. They could have arrested him for aggravated assault. They could have arrested him for trespass. They could have arrested him for battery. But they did none of that, and they swept it all under the rug. And then he cracked, and he shot up a high school. And they said, oh, my God, we now have to institute red flag laws. We have to take the guns away from the crazy people. Meanwhile, the crazy people are still left on the streets. And as a former law enforcement officer, let me, let me just think here real quick. Oh, yeah, if a person's a danger to the public, they shouldn't be on the streets because guess what? They could commit violent acts of crime without a firearm. They could use a vehicle, which, oh, yeah, we saw that. They could use a book of matches and a gallon of gas. Oh, yeah, we've seen that. They could use baseball bats. They could use hammers. They could use their own hands and feet. Well, But the idea that taking guns away will simply stop crime, no. There's an interesting thing, uh, you know, really cancer in this country that's that's creeping everywhere, and that is if you do not buy the government-approved opinion on anything, you are now technically called an enemy of the state. And we saw this immediately after Joe Biden was acquired the, the office of the presidency. And what we saw was if you didn't support abortion, if you fought for the life of the baby, the FBI had rallied up against you and, and, and invaded a guy who did nothing his entire life except procreate and have kids. And they broke down his door. We have evidence of teachers using the department of justice to investigate parents who didn't want to have pornography shown to their children and took an interest in what was being done in schools. So now what's to say if I don't agree with the government spin on the provable falsehood of the vaccine on the provable falsehood of masks on questioning the idea that there are 81 million morons that didn't know Joe Biden was a crook. How much longer until that is now used as a reason or a red flag to take away my rights? And that is exactly the danger of red flag laws. Uh, you've seen states like California, they want to expand it to where anyone could basically file a claim that a person is in danger, is a danger to the public. 
Now, again, going back to my LE days, look, if a person is a legitimate danger, we usually cuffed them and stuffed them and put them in the backseat of a patrol car and took them down to county jail. We didn't take them from them and say, oh, okay, you're still a loon. We're going to let you on the streets. No. That's the danger with this. This is a legal, they're using a legal tool. Well, it's not legal. They're using an illegal tool through the court system yeah. to deprive us of our Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights to restrict us of our Second Amendment rights. The entire basis of our judicial system is innocent until proven guilty. This is the exact opposite. This is where you are guilty, and you have to prove your innocence to the state to say, no, 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 I'm not a danger. I can be trusted. And the problem is, is it's hearsay, conjecture, and falsehoods that could literally have them come and take away your Second Amendment rights. You know, Lewis. We're even, we're even seeing this in divorce proceedings where a vengeful, ex, soon-to-be ex-spouse claims this person threatened me. I want their guns taken away, even though it oh, never happened. You know, Lewis, it's, it, I started my show, and I talked about when in 2003, I went on a horniculture and uh, architectural mission to Cuba. But I was trying to convey to the people the saddest thing about that trip was to see the fear of normally good law-abiding people, the fear they had of their fracking government, that they couldn't give their opinion on the murdering scum may he burn in hell for a thousand millennium Che Guevara. And it's something to see how you have to, how, how humanity and people can adapt to tyranny. And this is what I see when I come to back home to Chicago, which was once a proud, thriving city, now a, 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 a shadow of what it was, but more importantly, the acceptance by the citizens of political incompetence and corruption and this is what's going to happen to people who were proud. Hey, I'm an American. I just bought a gun. If you come in my house, I, I still walk in my old neighborhood. We don't call the police. A guy's got a gun poster in the in the door. It's not going to be long. You're not going to be proud of being an American and what built this country and the righteousness of of an American citizen practicing his rights. That's going to turn into Cuba, man. And these guys are going to start to fear their government. And when that happens, I think the government underestimates what the American people will really do because all of their gun laws really mean nothing. Once you've adopted the mindset of a criminal, do they? As the saying goes, the first felony is free. Everything after that. Yeah. (laughs) The American people, and I truly mean this, the American people, whether you could trace your ancestry to the Mayflower or you're the first in your family off the boat from last week, the American people have this burning passion for liberty in their hearts. And I see it across the country from sea to shining sea. Whether I'm in California, Florida, New York, or the heart of Oklahoma, I see people with the American spirit and the American drive and the American perseverance. And that mindset is very simple. They will tolerate a certain level of abuse up to a certain point. And after that, there's a tipping point. And we've seen it historically over and over and over again. And one of the greatest historical examples of that was the Battle of Athens, Tennessee. After World War II, American GIs came home from the, home, from the war to run a fair and honest election against corruption where a dirty county sheriff literally tossed out a black man 
from the voting booth. And those GIs, they went and got their guns, and they took it a step further. They raided the National Guard Armory, and they got into a roaring gun battle with that corrupt sheriff, and they got the ballots, and they made sure that there was a fair and honest election where all of the career political scumbags were thrown out of office. That's not a story you hear a lot about, but I love it. And, you know, it's interesting being a Chicagoan, when you see the the way in which the, the, the organized crime and the cartels and the drug dealers and the street gangs, they, for the most part, you'll, you'll see an investigation and a group of guys will get arrested, but the entity itself thrives and lives on. You would think they'd recognize that, but instead they're still going to go full throttle, throttle with weaponizing the legal system against people who were naive enough to trust their government. And that's what I'm, I'm wondering. How much longer do you think in states like Illinois and New York and New Jersey, do guys who would have registered their guns, guys like me, say, I will never, ever buy a, 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 a weapon with the, with the knowledge of the government again. In fact, I'll do all I can to take myself underground because that's what really happens. You know, in Illinois, you didn't always have the right to carry a gun. But when I was a 14-year-old kid working at the South Water Market, which is a produce place in a bad neighborhood, my cousin who brought me to work said, here's the 22. If someone comes up to the truck, you shoot him in the head and we'll, we'll, we'll get the hell out of here. I mean, people will survive. People will adapt. Why does the government not understand this? Because government rules through fear and what they do is they put on a show. They will amass their forces and they will make people an example of. And then the rest of the people will see that example and they go, well, I don't want to be that guy. But the reality is, is our, the foundation of our government was ruling of, by consent. The people consented to our, the government that our founding fathers established. And it is through that consent that government rules. <clears throat> but our government seems to forget that. And there's 300 million people in the United States. And I just saw one of the latest reports that it's now estimated that over 60% of the American population owns firearms. Now, just take that into consideration. 60% admitted in a poll they own firearms. Yeah. How many people that were part of that or contacted by that poll simply either hung up or said, no, 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 I don't own anything, when in reality they do. And as you know and as I know, across the country, Americans have told tyrannical government, whether it's on the local level, the county level, the state level, or the federal level, F you. Yeah. And we've seen it. We've seen it with prohibition. We've seen it with the war on drugs. And we're now seeing it with Biden's attack against the Second Amendment. Americans are getting to a point where they will, as Obama said, we will cling to our guns. Why? Because we know that is what makes us free. Well, the other thing, too, is, is there's a certain ignorance afoot. You don't even need to buy a gun. You have these printers. You can print a gun. It's unbelievable, the technology. I mean, Men who are around guns all the time, they don't worry about this this stuff. Number one, they were excited to be legal. I know I was. When Illinois said, okay, you can have guns, I went and registered that day. I was proud. I think I was, you know, just after 18 years old, I was excited. I bought my gun legally. I registered it. I took the classes. I couldn't wait to follow the rules because I'm law-abiding. But for some reason, they're going to think now, in the year 2023, we can say if you don't agree with us, we're taking that right away. And it's almost as if they're intentionally trying 
to pick a fight with law-abiding people. How can you view it any other way? They are. Um, we have the four boxes. We have the we have the soap box, the ballot box, the jury box, and the cartridge box. And they have warped and they've tried to take away the first three boxes from us. They've, you know, they try to censor us over the airwaves and on the internet. That's the soap box. That's Americans expressing their opinion. They try to tamper with the ballot box, and we've seen that with a number of elections. They try to tamper with the jury box on how you have certain judges that are so crazy that, you know, they basically disregard actual judicial policy and judicial rulings. As we've seen with the Bruin decision, the Supreme Court said text, history, and tradition is how Second Amendment cases must be judged. And yet you still have courts doing it the old way of this two-step process of balancing personal liberty with public safety when the Supreme Court said, nope, that's got to go out the window. So there's the, the jury box. They've tampered with that. And now they're trying to tamper with the cartridge box, our Second Amendment rights. Well, I hate to give them some bad news. Never in the history of the world has an armed society become slaves. Never. Well, the other thing that, it ain't going to end well for them. No, but the other thing that's in, it's incredible, you know, the, just the city of Chicago, just the month of July, and they celebrate this number. 352 people were shot. Not a one of these guys that shot them went about this system legally. Yet when you think about the women and the men and the family men that are trying to navigate living in these areas, what are they supposed to do now? Because it just came out today that the very same governor who's willing to use red flag law, red flag laws against law abiding citizens, he's being begged by his people to call out the National Guard to stop the mayhem. When you see a weekend, a good weekend is if it doesn't hit that 50 number. We've got 50. We've got 75. They're begging him. Good citizens, please call the National Guard. No, I'm not going to. So when the government doesn't live up to its obligation, its number one obligation of putting away the criminal, and the government is now working actively to give the criminal free reign over society. What's the option? Be illegal and go get a gun or move, right? And they don't care how many move. They don't care how many get shot. Can the the citizens of these states take these politicians to court? Is there any legal remedy, anything that the gun owners of America, uh, uh, people suggest doing rather than practicing or you're right, even when the government deems it to be illegal? Well, right now, GLA is taking the state of Illinois to court. We are fighting them tooth and nail on their assault weapons ban and, and on the other issues that you're dirtbag of a governor, which I hope he very much falls in line with the rest of uh, Illinois' governors. You know, your, your, your wonderful state motto of Illinois, where our governors make license plates, I hope <laughs> very much that he soon becomes part of that club. But... The, the American people, and especially the, the proud, law-abiding, honest, hard-working people of Illinois, they could still do something. They could be loud and proud as Americans. They could exercise their First Amendment rights to protect their Second Amendment rights. And the greatest ex- example of that is getting the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame, Lewis, because it's funny. You know, I, I primarily spend 80, 90 percent of my time in Florida. And I like the idea of being an American. So I have a gun in the car. I carry a gun with me. I'm here and I was licensed to carry. I went through the classes in Illinois. 
thinking to myself, is it even worth it if you get pulled over in the wrong Democrat area with what I have to lose? Is it even worth it? So you then go back to the old-fashioned brass knuckles and axes and knife. But the reality is, that's okay for me. But the women, what's a woman going to do? You can't fight off well, these men. What are you going to do? That is, that is the biggest reason why red flag laws are extremely dangerous. Because they disarm women. As I, I brought up how, you know, you have divorce proceedings and you have dom- uh, domestic cases to where this vengeful soon-to-be ex-spouse makes false claims. Well, guess what? It's not just women making claims against men. It's men making claims against women. You have an entire practicing legal system of divorce attorneys where the first thing they do is they make erroneous claims against the spouse. Yeah. And, and, and judges... Being the judicial cowards that they are, they issue blanket probation orders where everyone is disarmed. So now the woman who is trying to defend herself from the violent soon-to-be ex-abuser cannot legally possess a firearm. So the only method that she has to protect herself is illegally possess a firearm and hope to God as the old saying goes, better to be judged by 12 than carried by six that she's found not guilty. But that's the honest truth. You have Democrat lawmakers claiming, oh, well, I'm for women's rights and women's equality. Then why are you disarming women? Why do you make it harder for women to be able to legally carry Lewis, and own and defend themselves and their children? Louis, let me tell you, just give you an example. It'll remind your parents of Cuba. In Illinois, we've got these these short-in-the-pants gangsters, these Democrat oligarchs, right? So we've got this real piece of garbage. His name is uh, Ed Burke, and he's a swindler, de tutte swindlers. He is indicted. He'll never see a day in court, right? But he's, he's got a, an investment group, and what these, what these connected politicians do, they create these investment groups, and when people can't afford to pay their taxes and they uh, go, f- go into foreclosure, they come up and they buy the land, right? So this is called the Table of Wisdom LLC, if you can believe this. So it's got a crooked alderman, and guess who his partners are? Two right now sitting family court judges in Cook County. These are the guys who you were just talking about. So now they already hate the idea of Americanism. They love to wallow in the political corruption that makes them rich, makes them connected. And now they're going to get some cop who's a guy, some innocent woman who the cop doesn't want to lose his pension to. They're going to drag her through the mud. They're going to use this red flag law to disarm her. And they're going to go celebrate on Rush Street like they were actual men. It reminds me of Havana without the good music or food. What do you think? And I can't remember if Ed Burke is the same guy, but I remember there was an alderman in Chicago who got busted for having guns in his office when he was one of the most virulent <laughs> anti-gunners no, that's another in Chicago dummy. politics. No, that's another dummy. Ed Burke hires coppers, ex-coppers, to drive him around like he was the CEO of Blue Star Investments. You have to see this particular clown. And his wife is a Supreme Court justice in Illinois. Can you believe this? Brother, it's amazing. It would make, it would make Fidel Castro smirk. In the meantime, Luis Valdez... I know it's because of people like you who know what communism is, who know what political corruption leads to that will save us. And that's why I am a member of Gun Owners of America. Where can the people go to support you in your organization? Very simple. Go to gunowners.org, and it's just 25 bucks a year to be a member. And I can tell you this. I've spent $25. I've spent more than $25 at a Burger King drive through to get a meal for myself, my wife, and my kid. So 25 bucks to fight for the Second Amendment and our individual liberties is every penny 
well spent because we do not give up on the fight. We fight on the local, the state, and the national level. Lewis, thanks for making yourself available to me. You know how much I appreciate you. Thank you. Not a problem, my brother, from another mother. You keep on fighting the good fight and being that shining beacon of liberty on these airwaves. I look forward. we gotta, we got to have that cigar now. Come on. Make the drive across. Yeah. It's an hour and 20 minutes. Maybe I'll come by you. We'll figure it out next week. Ah, we'll figure it out. We'll have a cigar and a good rum. Thanks, brother. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Squirrel, it's a great story. So, um, when I was talking to Luis Valdez, I was reminded of being a kid working. Back when we were a kid, when I was a kid, you went to work. And in eighth grade, I had a cousin who worked at the South Water Market, worked for a guy in my neighborhood who had a little company, and he would employ neighborhood guys. And I needed a job, right? Because I was going to go to high school. It was 1981, summer of 81, 82, something like that. But anyway, um, went down to the South Water Market. On my first day, we used to get go to a diner. It was like 3 in the morning, by the way. That's when you started working there. Go to a diner. And I come out and there's this guy laying in the thing. And I'm, I, I said, oh, what? and a couple guys are walking around and he had gotten and robbed. He was the victim of a robbery and they stabbed him. And I, I you know, as a kid, you never realize the first time I saw somebody dead. First time I saw that kind of blood. And I was terrified. And, he, and my cousin, <laughs> get in the, I, I adore him to this day. I adore him. Get in the truck and he's, he's like, I'm going to go in here. I, what do you mean? You're going to leave me? You know, it's chaos. There's, there's chaos going on. Don't worry. There's a there's a gun in the in the cup holder, and I remember thinking to myself, well, I don't want to I don't want to shoot anybody. And then you remember what it's like when you're the prey, and you're surrounded by predators. And there are people in this state, in this city, that live like that every day. And the government doesn't protect them; they protect the predators. A divisive ruling has the controversial Safety Act back in the headlines. Today's decision focuses on one of the most hot-button issues, cash bail. Scott Schneider joins us now in the studio with more. Scott. Yeah, guys. 60 days from now, Illinois is poised to make history. And come September 18th, the country's going to be watching the rollout of free trial court reform unlike anything anywhere in the nation. And yet tonight, Democrats and Republicans remain deeply divided on cashless bail. Not divided. This is going to strengthen the criminal's position than the predators. But it's interesting. Back then in 1981, my cousin was uh, was breaking the law. He had a gun. Now, he was very good at handling a gun. He had been around guns all his life. His father was a World War II veteran. Taught him about guns. And uh, it's interesting. But back then, that law made him a criminal. But you make the choice. You were either going to be a, 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 a criminal and protect yourself or you were going to be the willing victim of predators in that area, which was the South Water Market. And that's exactly what the government is prepared to fully do now. Because this safety act, by the way, Pritzker, who is surrounded by security guards and has never been in, in danger in his life, unless, of course, there was a trust fund payment made, not made. He doesn't care about these people who live in these, in these hell holes, where the predators have the protection of government. See, the government's supposed to protect the innocent people. But instead, when they beg him, for either their right to bear arms and protect themselves or the government do its job, the Democrat chooses the predator. 
Five to two decision, the Illinois Supreme Court ruled state lawmakers were justified taking from judges the power to use cash bail as a means of convincing defendants to return to the courtroom to face trial. The landmark decision affirming Illinois' first in the nation status in what's likely to become legislation mirrored by states throughout the country. For Democrat Cam Buckner, cashless bail has always been about more than just money. We are finally creating a system uh, that is based on justice, not on money. We're- it makes a lot of sense, huh? Stupid. Five years for a carjacker who lost a fight, thankfully, to a 60-year-old who beat his ass. But it gets five years for the carjacker. He'll be out in a year in Illinois. He gets 682 days credit earned before he even pled. Joliet man sentenced to 100 years in prison. How many How many atrocities? The 14-year-old. Did that, all you're going to do is get more and more crime and... What do you expect? The Democrat is hoping if he ever gets picked up for political corruption, he doesn't have to post bail. Cream Puff Jim, how you doing in that sewer? Hi, hi, uh, Sean. I was just taking a shot to Water Market. I worked there too. Did you remember the big? Remember the big thing? You had to put the vegetables, at, you know, they had the rollers on the on the rails. Yeah. And uh, you how had about Thursday? Your- Here's how I know what year you worked there. Where that was the potato sack ninety pounds or forty five. It had to be. It had to be ninety. Because I'm, I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking about nineteen seven. Oh 19. yeah, they were ninety. They didn't change to forty five. I think until nineteen ninety one. Back then, they were the yeah. big burlap packs. Remember the summer oh, you drove on your oh, shoulder? My oh my god! Was that an education down there? Oh, boy. But it, it, it interfered with my hours. You know, I was getting in at about three o'clock. I had to be down there about three o'clock or yeah. four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's the round robin. You drink until you yeah, got to start work, and yeah, you yeah, work well, through the yeah, hangover. Yeah, yeah, that got, that got to be brutal. But I was going to say, this trial, the smart money is, is between the December and January. And the star witness is going to be the Indiana Undertaker, uh, Pence, because he's going to swear up and down that, that uh, yeah. uh, Trump uh, you know, threatened him. And then Trump said, hey, brother. well, you're too, you're too honest. He said, you're too honest. But, you know, but him and Mark Meadows should be the, uh, the two star witnesses in the yeah. trial. I think it would be televised. Trump's, so, you know, got the same, tele- Trump's got the same chance of being found innocent as a new guy at the South watermark has a chance of backing up his truck against the dock. What do you think those chances were? Yeah. You know what I mean? The fix, the fix is in kid. Freaking Democrats, Robert and Bloomingdale. See, because the reason I say that Robert is if you didn't know somebody and you backed your truck up against that dock, you're lucky if you could remember your address and your head wasn't the size of a Spalding basketball by the time they, they told you to move it. Go ahead. Like the governor, huh? Hey, Cream Puff, Trump's going to win in 2024. So sorry to burst the bubble. But here's another, this is the reason I want to call you, too. What is your opinion, Sean, and the listeners on illegal immigrants becoming law enforcement officers? Thanks to Governor Fred Flintstone. What do you think? I think it'll be the same as any Democrat mafia member that pulls you over, whether he's legal or illegal. He has an allegiance to the corrupt mafia proposing as the government. And by the way, Robert, Trump won in 2020. He's still not president. I wouldn't hang my hat on winning. Doesn't mean anything in a corrupt society, Um, especially when now you're intimidated openly by your government. And if you speak against it, La Cosa Nostra has a chance of coming down. Uh, To me, it's about what the principle of the nation is. And under a Democrat politician, the principle is control and fascism. That's the difference. 
So you look at, for example, young voters. I've been traveling the country meeting with our young leaders who in particular are talking to me about the climate crisis. They turned me on to a term I had not heard before. I said, tell me how you all are thinking about the climate crisis. And they shared with me a term, climate anxiety. Now what this idiot is trying to explain is the result of hearing political figures tell you that the earth is ending and brainwashing children. Well, those children grow up and they have the ignorance and the arrogance of righteousness because they bought your lie. I want you to hear something. This is a 21-year-old kid who doesn't know from Shinola. You know, I can't say it. Doesn't know dung from Shinola. 21 years of spoiled entitlement, but brainwashing. Listen to how confident she is as she interrupts a spokes idiot for a corrupt Democrat president. But still, he's a 21-year-old kid interrupting the spokes birthing person for the president. Excuse me for interrupting, but asking nicely hasn't worked out. A video of a climate change activist confronting White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre has gone viral. A million young people wrote to the administration pleading not to approve a disastrous oil drilling project in Alaska, and we were ignored. So I'm here channeling the strength of my ancestors and generation. Will the administration will the administration stop approving new oil and gas projects and align with youth? science and frontline communities now she's hysterical she's 100 percent wrong on everything but that's determination that's the kind of determination you used to see in the middle east the people that blew themselves up this is what we're facing here this kid although probably wonderful outside of this arena is a cultist and she has the conviction to follow through from the north slope of Alaska to Louisiana. Elise Yoshi, the executive director of Gen Z for Change, criticized the Biden administration over its approval. Who funds Gen Z for Change? Is it funded by the corrupt oligarchs that profit? I'll bet you a thousand percent to nothing. Who thinks they benefit? The Democrats who started this cult. We have no idea the kind of ramifications of allowing this corrupt administration to remain in power. But you're starting to get a taste of it. That G7 conversation was tied to your predecessor, who is about to launch another campaign. So how do you reassure them if that is the reason for their questioning that the former president will not return, that his political movement, which is still very strong, uh, will not oh, yeah. once again take power in the United <laughs> States? Well, um, we just have to demonstrate that he will not take power. It's the same kind of Democrat corrupt mafia that wouldn't allow honest guys to back their truck up to the dock. You think Joe Biden could lift potatoes? I bet you he can't. 312-642-5600. Shut up! He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. The summer wind. Oh, there You know, there's a documentary about him and his house in Palm Springs that I was going to watch today and didn't. I'll have to watch it tonight. In the meantime, the Biden administration tried to cram in that 15% global minimum tax. Well, they're doing it again. I don't have time to get to it and take the calls, do I? All right, we'll get to that tomorrow. Let me take some calls. Ron Valparaiso. Hey, Sean. I did a good 
Kentucky again. You take these indictments against Trump. You put Hillary Clinton. There is positive evidence. She she obstructed justice, destroying blackberries and and, and emails that were subpoenaed. Ron, uh, I, I I wish this was so specific, but under this indictment, this really opens up the door to far more ambiguity. In fact, this indictment is based on what he knew versus what he did, right? So that opens absolutely. up the that opens up the door to Barack Obama and Obamacare. Pick a policy, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, and the reality of what the downgrade of Fitch really means to the economy. You could indict every one of these corrupt bastards, and if you can indict presidents, why not congressmen? Congressmen are the ones that write these laws. They know what it'll do, yet they sell it as a lie. That's what this indictment represents. I think you should embrace this, Ron. Don't fight this. I hope it sticks, because now we'll make it stick against the 537 corrupt whores who pretend to be our representatives. This leaves us with about 15 good ones we don't have to sue. I think this is wonderful. You open up the door to in, in to really not just intimidate, but to prosecute politicians who knowingly lie. This indictment should be embraced by us. Don't worry about the, what's going to happen to Trump. He could get thrown in jail for shooting Tupac with these Democrat rat judges. Let's more look at the broader point of the opportunity of what this indictment represents. We can now indict politicians who knowingly lie. I love it! We'll be back in 21 hours to expose this mafia and kick its teeth down its throat. 21 hours! Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.